right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to just another day in sports. It is Thursday, March 7th, just before 6 p.m. I am Justin Berger, and I am joined by Doug Watley today without Alec Kieser. We're going to talk a little basketball, a little bit of football, and a little baseball. Doug, let's start off with the Hoosiers. Yeah, and this Hoosiers update so far is a positive one. They've been playing great. Just so you know, this podcast is going to come out later, but we have not seen the game versus U of I yet. That's coming in about two hours. Um, but the Hoosiers are playing great right now. They're moving the ball. They're playing together. And they've always had the talent. But finally, they're playing as a cohesive unit. And it's it's really fun to watch. Yeah, so, I mean, the big news around campus, obviously, is that uh, we, we knocked off Michigan State. Storm chasers in the house. Absolutely, um, it was it was a big way. It kept our season alive pretty much because um, now I mean we control our own destiny. Lenardi's got us in the first position of the next four out, so that is the fifth team out um, right now with two games left in a regular season schedule and whatever holds in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. So it's a world of possibilities for the Hoosiers, and I, I've been a skeptic pretty much since we lost to Duke. That was the skepticism. Then I got a little bit back on board after the Michigan State win the first time around, then really lost it again. But now I'm all the way back. They brought me all the way way back. That Wisconsin win was unbelievable to be there and see that resilience was great. And the Michigan State win, although I do have to admit I slept through the first half, it was an exciting game. Yeah, it's been the offense. It's been the defense. Justin Smith... Finally, we see some production out of Justin Smith. We've Everyone's been arguing about him being unproductive all year. And then he scores, what, Indiana's first 13 points mm-hmm. out of 15? He, he played athletic. He was making his shots, and he had confidence. So the last one was the key one, confidence. He hasn't had the whole season. Yeah, and he scored a third of IU's points, a little more than a third, actually. So they're, they're like we said, they're playing U of I tonight in yeah. Urbana-Champaign. Um Illinois is 11 and 18, not great, but it's an away game in the Big Ten and a, a game that you know Illinois could play spoiler for IU. This is a must win for the Hoosiers. This is how the, the their schedule is set up this way, where they were gonna have definitely opportunities to get big wins, and they've gotten those already. But now these are must wins against teams that they should beat. But if they come out flat one of these games, and we've seen them do that before then that could end it. Because honestly, talking NCAA tournament picture-wise, Indiana needs to win at least two more games, these two for the end of the season, and then one more in the Big Ten yeah. tournament. So the other thing that needs to happen for us to keep our hopes alive is the teams that we have beaten yeah. need to keep winning. So that's that's Marquette, that's Louisville, that is Michigan State. Um, those teams have got to keep pushing our resume pretty much um and Wisconsin really now so you uh, one would think watching this team the whole season we have to beat Rutgers because you can't go 0-2 to Rutgers in a season so I think we've got that one locked up it's a home game even though the students will be on spring break it'll still be a packed house they'll have they'll be playing for something too which is the biggest part right and then Illinois tonight it's uh it's a big game and it's definitely definitely something not to take lightly but uh it is encouraging. The only thing that is scary is that 
there are other Big Ten teams on the bubble that we have lost to, like yeah. Minnesota. Um, and that's the that's the part that scares me because you say you look at our your resumes they're similar ish. Minnesota has more wins. They don't have the better wins, but they have more. But they've also beaten us. So that says that says things about the Golden Gophers, for example. And then another thing we saw in the last week to Zion, the do the Zionless Blue Devils are scary. Average. Yeah. They're uh very average. Yeah. They um they pulled it out against Wake Forest, only one by one. They should not have won that game. Right, right. Anyone who was watching could have told you that. Yeah. It it was uh it was ugly. I have Zion's gonna be healthy for the tournament. Um I, I don't have a I don't have a doubt about that. But the way the team looked without him, it's like and we saw it earlier in the season when Trey Jones got injured. When they lose even one piece, even if it's not their most valuable piece, they look very vulnerable. Yeah, and R.J. Barrett, he continues to do his thing. He put up 28 points in that game against Wake Forest, but a scary number for the Blue Devils. Cam Reddish in 26 minutes, two rebounds, zero assists, six points. Right. He was never involved with the game, not the offense, not the defense. And if you're, you have all this talent on this team still without Zion, that it doesn't really matter. People can have off games and they can pull it out. But when they play better competition that's not Wake Forest, that's when it gets scary. Yeah, I, I've we've watched the whole season. It's really been Zion and Bear, uh, Barrett. Barrett, yeah. Um, Reddish was Reddish was the third guy, right? He was yeah. the third overall. Mm-hmm. He and he's hasn't been great. I can I can remember vividly two good games that he's played. That's it all season. And you know, you look at the last couple of games Duke has played. They went into uh, the Carrier Dome and beat Syracuse, or that was four games ago. But good win against Syracuse. Yeah, Got he's... blown out by UNC the game before that. Go into Virginia Tech, lose to them by five. I'll just pause the podcast for a second and say this. Playing at Virginia Tech, whether it's football or basketball, in my opinion, two of the hardest places to play in both their respective sports. Why? I think – I'll start with football. New. I've never really heard this before. I'll start with football. When you go into that stadium and they play um, – oh, my goodness. song. What is song that Mariano Rivera walked out to? Um, I should know this. I know. All right, whatever. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. They play that song um, – it's always a night game. It's it is it is an electric atmosphere, and that was Beamer for twenty five years, but now it's just it has always frightened me to play there. Sandman, Sandman, Inner Sandman, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Inner Sandman. That's what it is. Um, and then Virginia Tech. Now they got Buzz Williams as their head coach, who is about as fired up as any head coach I've I ever love seen. Buzz Williams. He is exciting to watch, and they're always decent at pretty much everything. So that's that's my thing. And they're playing the ACC though. Um, good win against Miami, thirty point blowout. Yeah, and then you you barely scrape by against Wake, and now this weekend you got to go to Raleigh across town and play the Tar Heels. Roy Williams is hungry. That team's hungry to prove that they're better than Duke. They already beat them by sixteen this year. And UNC is going to be the favorite at home, number one, and they're ranked third right now. Yeah. Duke is fourth. That's another edge on Duke's shoulder, though. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's going to be a big thing. And it's a lot of young guys. There's R.J. Barrett. That's transferred up a year and he's still playing great freshman cam reddish freshman a lot of guys that are younger how are they going to respond in a tough environment in a not i don't know about a must win game but definitely a a game that as a duke player you you gotta win all right you don't want to lose the unc twice in one year uh yeah yeah 
It's like for Indiana a Duke fan, up Purdue for, twice. Yeah, and look at what we did three years. All in right, a row. so let um, let's do this since we are going to be gone next week for spring break. Yeah, and since selection is Sunday, is the Sunday before we have a show. Let's just do number one seeds. That's easy. We can do that. I'll start. Cap. Um, I think Gonzaga is going to get a one seed because I don't think they're going to lose in their conference tournament and they're number one right now. So there's one. I think between Virginia, North Carolina, and Duke, there is going to be two number one seeds there. I think UNC is going to win on Saturday, and I think that's going to be enough no matter what they do in the conference tournament to get them a one seed. So North Carolina with a one seed. And I think Virginia is going to be the other one. I think Virginia is going to win their conference tournament. And they already are going to be regular season champs. So I'll do Gonzaga, Virginia, UNC. And my fourth number one seed is in the SEC, surprisingly. It's been such a terrible year for the rest of the conference. But Tennessee and Kentucky have really been good. Yeah. And we thought Tennessee was kind of this joke, but they've they've been good. LSU almost blundered last night against Florida. Uh, I wish, but uh, no. So I think it's it comes down between Tennessee and Kentucky for that fourth one seed, and it's it's hard to pick. I t- it's looking like Tennessee's going to win the regular season um, conference tournament or conference uh, conference championship, but I think Kentucky's going to win the actual conference championship and take the one seed. And so I'll go one seed. Gonzaga one, Virginia two, North Carolina three, Kentucky four. In that order. In that order. All right, here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to start with the number one overall seed, and I think about this team, you get excited for this team every year. They play great defense. Is this a team that can finally score for Virginia? Yeah. Is this a team that can finally score against their game uh, against Syracuse? They were on fire. Kyle Guy was 8 from 10 from 3. Ty Jerome and DeAndre Hunter weren't far behind. That's unbelievable. If they can score like that, then they're going to be the conference, the tournament favorites, I think. Right. Uh, they would be my favorite. They would be number one for me. Number two, Gonzaga. I think, like you said, they're not going to lose another game until the tournament. Um, and with their resume, it's really nothing close to it. So Gonzaga just got that two spot. Three spot, I'm going to go with UNC as well. Yeah. I, I do believe UNC's playing at home against Duke. That Duke's proud Zion's not going to play. I think UNC wins that game, and whatever happens in the tournament, I think UNC will get close enough, not lose early on, losing a close game, whatever it is, to get that last one seed. And then out of the SEC, this is a close one for me. I my heart is with Tennessee a hundred percent, but something about Kentucky. I just love the way Calipari coaches. He yells at his players when he needs to. They finally grown up. They're playing great. I think Kentucky sneaks in for that last one and seed. It's to, to talk about Kentucky for just a few minutes before we yeah. move on to LeBron, which is my favorite. <laughs> From um, Zion's on LeBron. Yeah. No, I mean, Kentucky, we see this every year in the Coach Cal era. He's been there for 10 years now, and we see it every year. He gets the, He's one and done, famous for it. And they it takes them a good 10 to 15 games to literally grow up right before yeah. our eyes. And they do it every year. Whether they can take it all the way to the championship, we'll see. But they have shown that they are one of the better Kentucky teams that Coach Cal's had the privilege to coach. How many teams do you think have a realistic chance of winning this title this year? One, two, three. Realistic, they can win four, however many games it was. Five, six? Five, six. Six games, six. unless you're 11 seed that moves on like Syracuse. 
So I'll I'll, I'll say them out. Right. Gonzaga, Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky. I don't think Tennessee has a chance to do it. Hmm. Um, Texas Tech is they play in the Big Twelve. No chance. <laughs> I'm gonna give Michigan a chance. So what is that? That's six for me. Um, I'll give Michigan a chance just because. Uh, Beeline, in my opinion, I think is one of the best college basketball coaches of all time, period. Even though he's never won a championship, I, he's a lot he, of respect for the man. He amazes me every year, yeah. every year. Uh, he's taken two teams to the final four, taking two teams to the championship. Um, so that was six, each team in the top seven for me, except for Tennessee. Um, LSU is not legit. I've watched them play enough to know that. Purdue doesn't other have love for the, the athleticism. Yeah, where's the Big Ten teams? Um, Michigan I'll State? throw in Michigan State just because Cassius Winston can change a game on a dime. Yeah. So that's eight for me. And I'm looking at the rest of the bracket or the rest of the top 25. I don't really see any other team doing anything, so I'll stick with my eight. Okay. I would go top four, Virginia, Gonzaga, UNC, and Kentucky. Okay. Tennessee, I think, has a talent, too. I would put Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, I'm going to lay off of. Yeah. I don't think – Carson Edwards does a lot, but I don't think he's got enough support around him, especially inside. Um, Arms can't play in a big situation. Yeah, I don't think Car- – yeah, we'll see. I, I just don't think Purdue's uh, got enough to win. A team that I do want to squeeze in there, though, is a Marquette team. Yeah, I was thinking about them. Because they. you hear people talk about this all the time. What do you need to do to go on a run in the in the tournament? You got to have a senior leader, Marcus Howard, one of the best players in the nation. Good coach. They do have a good coach, uh, Wojciechowski. Wojo, he's been, yeah, yeah, he's from, I think, a Duke. Yeah, he's a Dukey. Dukey. He's one of the favorites to get the Duke job after Krzyzewski retires. Exactly. Like he, he's been doing a great job here. Um, they have free throw shooting. They have like three of the top nation's free throw shooters with the uh, Hauser brothers and then Marcus Howard. I don't know if they have enough talent to do it, but they have the makeup to do it. Yeah, they so I just, just want to throw that team I'm in there. Just looking at, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They've obviously lost to Indiana. They lost a three in a Go row Big right Red. now. Yeah, they're on a three-game losing streak right now. Two losses to St. John's. Um, it's just it's it's a weird team. I agree with you. Yeah. They have the talent to do it. They do. Um, with that being said, let us move on to the NBA. I promised to start out with LeBron, but I lied. We're going to start off. I'm from Atlanta. You're from Chicago. Let's go. Starting off with the Hawks versus the Bulls. Um, Last week, we saw one of the craziest games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Doug, start me off. Four overtimes, Zach Levine, Trey Young, and an incredible game. Back and forth, clutch shots here, clutch shots there. Uh, I think Trey Young had 49. Yep. Uh, the uh, this game was unbelievable. It was four overtimes, and a lot of people just kind of glanced over Chicago, Atlanta, whatever. Third most points or at fourth most points in an NBA game all time. Yeah. Fourth well, most. Let's be clear: these two teams aren't playing for anything. To be completely no. honest, they're both pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, you're Excuse playing me. to lose. Um, I was so happy with this game. Trey Young almost dropped a fifty burger, and I was a Trey Young hater when we made that move in the in the uh, in the draft. I wanted Doncic. I think he's a generational talent. But Trey Young has proved that he is already one of the most elite passers in the game. Yeah, and he can score the ball at will. He hit a shot that was like a thirty-four footer, like just pulled up. It was all, it was like watching Jimmer Fredette ten years ago. Um, and 
we lost. <laughs> we lost, and that was great because we need yeah, to lose to move up end. in the draft pick. Uh, doesn't mean we split the series because we played three days later in the Hawks, which was another eventful game. Yeah, it was. Um, let's talk about that. So, okay. do you have anything else you want to say about the four OT game? Uh, I don't know. I think this is the only podcast where you'll find bear or Bulls and Hawks talk. Yeah, from two equal perspectives. But here's and I'll I love say it. I'll say this real quick: the Hawks this offseason plan was we go in with these young guys and then we go old guys like Dwayne Dedman, um, Vince Carter, that yeah. kind of deal. So. We added Alex Lynn, who was a lottery pick three or four years ago for the Suns, never really panned out. Alex Lynn has had an awesome season backing up center um, for us. For the last 10 games, he's averaging nine points, four and a half rebounds, an assist, half a block, half a steal. He's been playing great this season and is a legitimate piece that we could move on from in the or that we could use in the future. 2013, first round pick, fifth overall by the Phoenix. He's 25. He played at Maryland. He's a veteran now because he's played for five years. That's this is the that's the piece besides the obvious of Trey Young and John Collins this year. That's the guy I've been looking out for on our team. Yeah, I mean he was like you said, he was drafted fifth overall. Mm-hmm. So the talent was always there. I loved him at Maryland. I paid attention to him a decent amount. Um, he looked very good. I said that he could make it in the NBA. I don't know if he could have been a starter. Uh, I think kind of a safe role for him is coming off the bench, but mm-hmm. he's been playing great. And a team that wants young guys to perform well and help out other teammates, he's a guy to look for. Yeah. All right. Second second part of the game, or second game, second I game. should say. Uh, Hawks win 123-118, to 118, another high-scoring affair, this time uh, in Chicago. But uh, Trey Young was ejected for looking at uh, Chris Dunn the wrong way, which was just kind of bizarre to me as a as a competitor when he Trey Young hit a three and then uh, the Bulls called a timeout and Trey Young just stared at Chris Dunn and Chris Dunn didn't even notice. Yeah. First of all, Chris Dunn was already walking to the bench. And he got teed up. It was his second technical foul of the game, and he got tossed. And he had 18 points. He was playing a good game. I don't know. It's just kind of annoying. To, uh, you know, the officials. Kind of annoying. It's it's stupid. Yeah, it, it is. really is stupid because you just had this forward time game that we talked about, and you have a rematch of great young talent going against each other. Levine's having his season of his life right now. Right. Trey Young's playing great in his rookie season. Markinen's playing better. These are guys that you want to come see, and when you take out Atlanta's best player, it, it ruins the whole game. Yeah, and let's be clear. Why did Atlanta win that game? Alex Lund had 28 points, nine rebounds. Thank you, Alex Lund. played Lund. an awesome game. Yeah, there you go. You got <laughs> one back. Um, definitely both these teams are trying to lose. There's 20-ish games in the season left for everyone, um, and it's looking like the Hawks and the Bulls are probably going to end up with a lottery pick. They, they are. But both teams, I am very satisfied with. They're in a lose. They're losing lots of games, but I see a lot of young talent. So you talk about your talent. I'll talk about mine. All right, Zach. All right, we'll start off with Zach Levine because he's been the number one guy on this team. Obviously, came over in that Jimmy Butler trade. Thank you, Timberwolves. <laughs> um, started playing a little bit shaky. He was injured for a little bit. Came back healthy this year, and he is leading this Bulls team right now. He's their leading scorer. Doing everything for them, really. He's one of the most athletic guys in the league. Yeah. He definitely is. We saw that in the dunk contest a few years ago. 
Uh, and then you got Markinen. Wendell Carter's been hurt a little bit, so he hasn't been playing much. Played I'm, at my rival high school. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. Um, Otto Porter Jr., we got in a trade. He's been doing fine. So, Chris Dunn, these are guys that continue to impress me when we lose. And that's what I like to see because I want to have optimism for the future, mm-hmm. but I don't want to base it off of, oh, we might get the number one overall pick because right now we definitely have Levine. We definitely have these guys. The potential of someone else is, is only a potential. All right, and I'll talk about a few players. Uh, John Collins is, in my opinion, besides Keanu Neal that the Falcons took, is the best draft pick I've seen in Atlanta since I've been a fan because Matt Ryan happened a little bit before I started caring. Um, He has been unbelievable for us. I think he has the potential to be a borderline superstar. Um, It is amazing to me that he wasn't an all-star this year. I'm not going to go on from that. Kent Bazemore is making $18 million this year. He is a really average role player. Um, hopefully we can deal him, but he should. He will be gone next year. That's a bad point. I'll, I mean, Kevin Herter. <laughs> I love Kevin Herter. He is so good. I, I was very confused when we took him. Then I started watching his uh, highlights from Maryland. He's unbelievably athletic for what uh, he does. He's a yeah. three-point shooter. And he so I first I thought we were drafting Kyle Korver. That's what I thought. Kyle Korver was unbelievable for the Hawks when we were making those playoff runs a few years yeah. ago. But he didn't play defense. Kevin Herter is physical and loves to play defense and has one of the best shots I've ever seen. Um, and then, you know, obviously we talked about Trey Young. Um, he has been better than I expected. Um, and then Torian Prince is the other one. He has, uh, we drafted him a few years ago out of Baylor, and he kind of filled that Damari Carroll role that we had a few years ago. Um, three and D, lockdown defense, and his shot has only improved each year. So I'd like to see us hang on to all of them, except for Baysmore. Kevin Herter and Mellow Trimble were a deadly combination yes. back at Maryland mm-hmm. with uh, Trimble. Yeah. Or no, 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 with um, who's their coach? I'm trying to think of the coach's name. It's Turgeon. Turgeon. Yeah. Turgeon. That was that was tough to see as an Indiana fan. They were fun to watch. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good team. All right, uh, Lakers. I'll start. Uh, All right. <laughs> so we have news from maybe we're breaking news on this podcast. Who knows? Um, no, but the Lakers have decided that it is in their best interest to limit LeBron's minutes. And I read earlier today that he is not going to be playing in back-to-back games. So the best thing that's going to happen for the Los Angeles Lakers this year, Space Jam 2. That's it. That's all. LeBron is out. They're not going to make the playoffs. He's a whatever. Go ahead. You tell but me But they something. got a movie. Yeah, they got a movie. But they got some money because of the movie. Um, wow, this Lakers team is something else. I don't think we've seen anything like it in a while. They are. They've lost six of their last seven games to teams that are. Some of them are good. Some of them are the Grizzlies and the Suns. They're just not playing well cohesively, and they they're playing as different. Like they're not a team. And LeBron, he's sat out of a timeouts before. Rondo sat away from the team. It, they're just not. They don't like look like they're having fun at all. And you could tell. Lakers fans should be pissed. I'm pissed because I was excited to watch LeBron create something new in a new city once again, but he's on minute restrictions and probably they're they're not going to make the playoffs at this point. It's so 
I think it's I've hated LeBron ever since he did the decision. I didn't yeah. mind him when he was on Cleveland. He was just a local kid trying to get his team a championship. And then he did that whole freaking thing with ESPN and said, I'm taking my talents to Miami. So unnecessary. Beach. And it, it has been viewed as one of the worst decisions of all time. Like legitimately one of the worst. Uh, it, it was a it was bad PR for LeBron. Yeah. But he we see over this season and over last season time and time again where he instead of you know, invigorating his team like the best player of all time should. Yeah. He just sits there and pouts and says, it's not my fault. I can't do anything about it and just post Instagram stories. That's all he does. I'm sick of watching LeBron play as a diva. I, I It's embarrassing. Because he came to L.A. Everyone was very excited. He was going to make movies fine. They were going to win. That's what gets him out of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And when they don't win... All the things that he does outside of it come back hurt to hurt him. So it's tough to see. LeBron obviously has been he's done great things in other places. He's done a lot of positives in the world in the world, but it's it's tough to see this happen. And the Lakers are a mess right now. They're going to be a mess until next year too. It's dysfunctional. And what what sucks, in my opinion, is that Luke Walton is gonna get blamed for this. I think he is an excellent head coach and his dad is the coolest man wow. alive. I think Luke Walton is going to get another job, hopefully. I think he's a good coach. Um, And they're going to get fired, or he's going to get fired, and they're going to bring Ty Lue back in, which is going to mean LeBron is going to have complete power over that team. That's what's going to happen. We'll see that that next year when we're podcasting. Yeah. I I don't know. The Lakers, they need to figure something out. Do you you think Luke Walton's – I don't know. Luke Walton is going to get fired. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. I think he's a good X's and O's coach. We saw it in the years before LeBron. This is his second or third. He year. went on that streak when he just yeah. couldn't lose or yeah, couldn't lose to start this. It, coach I career. think he he did. Although the Lakers were not a good team last year, they didn't have a lot of talent. But I think Walton made the most of it. I I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but I do. I legitimately do believe Ty Lue is going to get the Laker job next year. Um, also, one last thing: the Celtics, our boy. Keezer is not here to talk about it, but the Celtics are kind of like an enigma. They're they're supposed to be this team that's really, really good. Then they get blown out all the time. And then like three days ago, they beat the Warriors at in uh in Oakland by they 30. Them. It was it was unbelievable to watch. Now they're on a little two-game winning streak. They're playing the Lakers in a <laughs> few days, so that should be a win. Um it it's weird. And the East is such a bad division. That they're gonna get in the playoffs no matter what they do the rest of the year, and they can do anything once they get there. I love the Celtics. I'm I'm bought <laughs> back in. Kyrie, like they still have the players. The players yep. have not left. Kyrie still there. Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward's a kind of half what he used to be, but he's been a decent addition. Uh, Marcus Smart's still there, just kind of getting in everyone's heads. So the players are still there. I think come playoff time, I, I still think that the Rockets are the Warriors' biggest competition, but the Celtics are definitely going to the top of that list very, very quickly. Well, and if the season ended today, we'd have a seven-game series against the 76ers and the Celtics, which is what we saw last year, which was so awesome. And you know who beat those 76ers on a game-winning Zach Levine layup? Is it the Bulls? It was the Bulls. Good <laughs> guess with a Zach Levine clue. All right, let's break some more news. Case Keenum is being traded to the Redskins. It is official via Adam Schefter. 
So as of the, how long ago? Uh, Thirteen minutes ago. It's impressive. Case Keenum and a seventh round pick are going to the Redskins for a Broncos sixth rounder, or for a Redskins sixth rounder. Excuse me. Um, so we kind of figured this would happen after Joe Flacco got traded to Denver. Uh, it makes sense for the Redskins because we don't know if Alex Smith is going to play football again. And their starting quarterback right now is Colt McCoy. Yeah. Um, as much as I love old Colt, he's probably not going to get the job done. Case Keenum had a great season two years ago. And I don't. there's no doubt in my mind if he gets on the right team that he can do that again. He is talented. The Denver system just didn't work for him. Do you think the Redskins system will? Do you think? No. Yeah, I think exactly. Dan Snyder's there. I, they won again, one of the worst owners in professional sports. Um, is it Dan? No, Dan Snyder owns the Cavs. I could be wrong. I think it is Dan Snyder. Okay. Um, we'll look it up so we don't it call is Dan it. Snyder. Yeah, Dan Snyder, I think, is a terrible owner. Um, Gruden has been living off of his brother's name, in my opinion. I don't think he's the best head coach. I think he's a decent offensive mind. Um, but their defense has been terrible. I just don't think the Redskins have what it takes to win with Keenum in that uh, position. Because Alex Smith plays a very like dink-and-dunk offense, and yeah. that's why they were successful, because they beat you with time. I just don't know if Keenum has the patience for that. And looking at the NFC East, they're they got some talent now with the Cowboys. They're back with their defense. Jason Witten's back. Yeah, Father Tom. Uh, the Eagles, they look good towards the end of the season. The Giants give them a couple years, but and another thing we didn't that happened last week, Nick Foles is going to the Jaguars. So yeah. Bortles out, Foles in, and which solidifies Carson Wentz as a starting quarterback with the Eagles, which pretty much everyone thought, but some people were kind of thinking, oh, maybe there's a chance Nick Foles and the magic of that of those two or one and a half postseasons will get him the starting job. But I think this is good um, for Foles. You know, Coughlin yeah. is pretty much the czar of the Jacksonville Jaguars, so that's a uh, amazing sports mind. That's a perfect team for Coughlin to yeah. be on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Marone is the head coach, right? Doug Marone. Yeah. Yeah. Doug Marone's the head coach. I think he's a good, good, uh, good thing for Foles. Foles just let him, you know, let Nick be Nick. That's kind of what we've seen with his success. Um, so I think that that's a pretty exciting move. I hope Bortles gets another job. The defense needs to step up a little bit. They kind of slacked from their they were Saxonville year. So unbelievable in 2016, and then just kind of fell off the map. No, was I wrong about that? 2017. 2017 into 18. 2017 into 18, yeah. and then 18 into 19. They were terrible. Yeah. Um, but that Jaguars team is decent. So we'll see what happens. They have a quarterback now. That was their problem last year. Bortles couldn't get it together. Um, all right, finally, it is March. March. It is baseball season. Hopefully in two weeks we can get Keezer's picks for these yeah. um, divisions. But Doug and I went ahead and projected winners from each division and then wild cards. So we'll start with the NL. Yep. Um, you Take it away. All right. First of all, I think I, think I said this before on an earlier podcast. The NL has so many storylines this year that it doesn't matter if it's the East or the Central or the West, there'll be a lot of talk, especially with the National League. We're going to start off with the East, and division winner that I chose is the Philadelphia Phillies. I know not a popular pick with the Atlanta native, but I think their talent on this roster right now is superior over 
the Braves. And their pitching, I think, is close. I think the Phillies edge them. I think Arietta, Nola, those are stars. Braves have a couple. But I think the Phillies, it'll take them a little bit of time to get used to it. They'll probably start a little bit slow. But once they get hot, I don't think this team is going to give up the NL East. All right. I obviously picked the Braves. I hundred percent hometown homer type deal. We'll talk, yeah. But for other reasons too, I have watched Bryce Harper play baseball for whatever it's been seven, eight years now. Um, he is a game changer. I've also watched Gabe Kapler coach a team for a year, and the way they crumbled last year with a really good, actual like an actually good team was embarrassing. So, A, I don't trust Gabe Kapler to manage that team, especially now with all these personalities they got. I think Real Muto is going to be awesome for them. That's an upgrade for anyone, Yeah, he's one of the best catchers in the league. Um, But I've seen the Nationals, uh, and by the way, I think the Nationals may not break 500 this year, which could be so satisfying. They're putting all this all their chips into Patrick Corbin being this amazing pitcher, and he had like a three-month run where he was good. But the thing about the Nationals is they're getting so much praise right now. I see them at the top of pretty much yeah. every— Like, I don't know what it is with them. They just gave up their best player. I will—until the Nationals can somehow resurrect Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, get Barry Bonds from 2005 out there, they're never going to win a playoff series because they're cursed. They can't get past the first round of the playoffs, and until I see enough talent on that team— or a change in attitude, they're not going to. Curses are a lie from a Cubs fan. Yes, yes. So let me let me get back to the Braves. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, let me let me take this back from my rant. So I think it is between the Braves and the Phillies, which I think you do I would too. I agree too. Yeah. Um, this Braves team that we saw last year was not supposed to do anything. It was supposed to be the last year of the rebuild. This was supposed to be the year we get everything together. Um, went out. Ronald Acuna debuted. It was an attractive season, rookie of the year. <laughs> Marlins hit him in the hand. Benches cleared. That's right. Punches were thrown. Brian Snicker made me cry when he stood up for Ronald Acuna. Aww. It was a very surreal season for me because I have always just heard about these teams from the 90s and the early 2000s and never got to experience that. And, you know, the team in 2012 and 2013 with the Uptons and – Dan Ugla, those teams never, I never really felt connected like I did to this team. But the young talent on this Braves team that is already in the majors is unbelievable. The young talent that is in the minors and ready to come up into the majors is better. So that's why I'm picking the Braves. I think Josh Donaldson is hopefully, I'm not going to say have an MVP season, but I think he's going to stay healthy. I think he's going to have a great year. Great pickup. Catcher. That's always a big question mark in the NL because who's going to, who are you going to hit? Kurt Suzuki's gone. He's playing for the Nationals this year. That kind of sucks because I have to hate him now because I really <laughs> like Kurt Suzuki. Tyler Flowers is still there. Awesome catcher. Great framer. Good hitter. We got Brian McCann back. Getting old. Still a good hitter. Not the best catcher anymore. They'll flip off again, and they'll combine to be a good catcher, just like we had last year <laughs> with Flowers and Suzuki. The infield's unbelievable. If Dansby Swanson can hit this year, we're set. Outfield, Acuna and Endurance Yarte right now. Um, you get Christian Pache up soon. I know I'm kind of digging in deep if there are any Atlanta yeah, listeners out this. there. This is the but inside scoop. Christian Pache and Drew Waters will come up eventually, maybe not this year, but they're going to be great. 
which probably means Ender Enciarte is going to get traded. This is probably the last season we're going to see with Nick Markakis on the Braves. Um, that being said, I hope he hits 340 again. Like he had an unbelievable. He is he is a big reason why we made the playoffs last year. He was awesome. He played 162 games for us, which is part of the reason why he stunk it up so bad in the in the postseason, just because he was so exhausted. First time All Star, Gold Glove, and Silver Slugger. So let me calm down a little. <laughs> I'm picking the Braves to win. I don't think they are going to have as good of a season as they did last year. Uh, I don't, by that I mean I don't think they're going to win Record? as many games. Okay. Um, just because our division, the Marlins still suck like hot garbage, uh, but the Phillies and the Mets both got better. The Nationals, I would argue, got worse, but only uh, small, small. So I think each team is probably going to lose a little bit more games than they're expecting to, just because it's going to be they're going to be eating each other alive. It's going to be like SEC football schedule. But I'm still picking the Braves for all these reasons. Our pitching staff is good. Uh, Freddie Freeman, in my opinion, should already have an MVP, but he doesn't. I think he's the nicest guy in baseball. Um, Ozzie Albies has a chance to be a superstar. Ronald Acuna already is a superstar in my hey, eyes. And Josh Donaldson a is a early. former MVP. So this is a, a lot of things to be excited about down south. Yeah, I I am convinced. Yeah, <laughs> that I know my pitch, my think, elevator pitch. I think you might know a little bit about the Braves. Yeah. Um, I agree to everything you said, but when it comes down to it, I think people coming up, give the Braves a couple of years, they'll get their time. But mm-hmm. for this season, I think the Phillies are the more experienced and more talented team. And let me hammer home for two seconds why I don't think it's Philadelphia. <laughs> a, Gabe Kapler, inability to manage a team, in my opinion. We'll see if he can change my mind this year. Bryce Harper, I don't think he's got it. What I, do you mean? I think he... I think okay. he is the second best player in baseball behind Mike Trout, talent wise. Okay. Talent wise. Okay. Pure talent. But he never, uh, what is, is he debuted in 2011, right? I think that's right. So he's played in, for eight years. And I, I've never seen him have that signature moment when it needs to happen. Now, in his defense, I've never seen Mike Trout do that either because the Angels teams have never made the playoffs. Yeah. But, um, I just I need to see something from him that shows me, wow, this Bryce Harper signing is going to be the difference between the Phillies making the divisional round and the World Series. I think we could see that in the playoffs because when he was with the Nationals, they never did well. If the Phillies do well in the playoffs this year, if they get their number one, but if they do well, that will show a lot about Bryce Harper. Yeah, well, and this is kind of our points are kind of bad because we both have the other team in the uh, wild card. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to bad. I, I still think the uh, the Braves are going to have a good season. Yeah. I just think this season the Phillies are just going to have a better one. So we can, I mean, we don't even have to talk about the wild card. Well, actually, no, we have, well, yeah, we both. Yeah, so you picked Philly to win. Yep. I picked Atlanta to win, but I also, I have the Phillies being the first one seed or the first wild card seed. And you have, I don't know if you had the order right or whatever. But yeah, it was. Atlanta as the <laughs> second right. wild card team. So we both have both of these teams coming out of the NL East. Yeah, it'll, so. be, it'll be a fun division, like you said. The division as a whole got better with the Mets, mm-hmm. and it'll be it'll be fun to watch. But let's move on to the NL Central. Yes, your division. And you called the NL East the SEC of baseball. Come look at this division; it's unbelievable. The top four teams are all playoff contenders. They could make it. I think the Reds they give them a little bit more time in a couple of years. But the top three teams all can make the playoffs very, very easily. The Cubs, the Cardinals, um, and the Brewers. 
For me, though, I'm going to go with my hometown team. I'm going to go with the Cubs, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Everyone's saying that the division got better. I understand that. You don't need to tell me that 50 times. I understand it. I agree with you. But the Cubs never got worse. They had the same team from last year. They got 95 wins and a healthy Chris Bryant, better bullpen, hopefully some repeat seasons from Baez. I don't think he'll be as good, but they still have the talent. They didn't lose anything, and I don't understand why everyone's just riding off the Cubs. They were picked last in the Picota rankings uh, for the NL Central, and that was ridiculous. That is ridiculous. They, they have talent on this team. They've been together. They know what it's like. They have experience in the playoffs. They can get on slow stretches at times, and I've seen Rizzo and I've seen Baez get in slumps. But this team, I still think that from top to bottom, this team is as talented as any team in the MLB. And you when have, everyone healthy. And you have two teams coming out of the Central with Milwaukee yes. as your other team. Yeah, and I was going to say that after. Uh, Milwaukee, I think, is still going to be a very good team. Yeah. I don't think Yelich is going to have that sizzling second half that he did last year. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was inhum- <laughs> It was unbelievable. Um, but I think that bullpen is one of the best in the MLB. I think their starters are decent, enough to get by, but not enough to win a World Series. Their offense is one of the best in the MLB, especially when Yelich is playing like that. So that's another team in there. So with the Braves, I have the Brewers going to be my two wildcard teams and the Cubs winning the NL Central. All right, so I, I left the Cubs out of my playoff picture. Thanks. Um, sorry. It's it cause happens. I, I include the about Braves. The, Come on. When we talk about the NL West, you'll, you'll know why. Um, I have Milwaukee winning the Central um the team didn't really change that much this offseason. They're also getting Jimmy Nelson back this year. He was an unbelievable yeah. for them two years ago. He will be big. Great starting pitcher. Um, and I, I just don't see a lot of reasons to pick against them. I think Yelich is going to have another great season. I, I really enjoyed watching this team last year, and I, I hope to see him back. Plus, I go to a school with so many freaking Chicago people, and they're all Cubs fans, and it's incredibly annoying. Represents. <laughs> Represent. Come on. All right. In a West, pretty easy. We don't see the Dodgers losing foothold yeah. just yet. But I do have the Rockies uh, coming out as my second wild card team. And I'm not trying to get emotion involved with this because the Rockies did beat the Cubs mm-hmm. last year. But I tell me why you like the Rockies because I saw them play last year. I think they're a good team, but I don't know if they'll make the playoffs this year. So the Rockies didn't really – do anything this yeah. offseason besides re-sign Nolan Arenado, which was great. Yeah. I think Nolan Arenado is an awesome player. Um, so they still have that core of Arenado and um, Charlie Blackman. Uh, you throw in Wade Davis in the relief. Uh, John Gray was awesome for them last year. Trevor Story too. Trevor Story up. has been great. Uh, yeah, he's kind of and he's know, up and down. He uh, he really. But his is. goods are like yeah. very very high. Chris Iannetta has been an awesome catcher for years now. Um, Ian Desmond had a really good season last or last year for them. He played a little bit of first base, a little bit of right field. Um, I like what I saw there. They got Daniel Murphy. That's a big signing. And Mark, former Cub. Mark, yeah, former Cub, former National, former Met. Uh, Mark Reynolds is on that team, kind of aging, but still a decent piece. I, I, I just, I can't really tell you why I picked them. It's kind of a gut feeling. 
Um, I I thought they were better than what happened to them against the Brewers. I thought they might knock off the Brewers and win. They also have Bud Black as their manager, who has taken them to the uh, playoffs three straight years with since he's been there. They um, they never get the credit that they, they deserve. No, they don't. They're one, they're an underrated team. That's why I mean I am not gonna pick against the Dodgers yeah. just because until Kershaw's gone, I, I don't I don't see a reason to do that. They also pretty much every year manage to find someone that takes them to the World Series like Max Muncy last year, just diamond in They have enough. enough people that and they just lost Machado, but does it really matter? No. No, I we saw it before the before the All Star break. Before yeah. they had Machado, I, I think Machado is kind of a scumbag too. He's just you know only care about. We talked about this last week. Keezer and I agreed on this. It's just kind of all about yeah. me. Who cares about the team? AL East, Keezer's division. We both have the Red Sox. It's hard Keezer to pick would be against so them. proud. We both have the Red Sox, but we both have the Yankees coming in at the wild card. First. I think that's a pretty popular pick. Um, if you're not picking the Red Sox to win the division, you're probably picking the Yankees, and even so, you're picking the Red Sox to come out of the wild card. And I feel like this has been a trend in the past two to three years where whoever wins the AL East, the team next to them in the AL is the second team in the AL. Or yeah, it's the second team in the AL East. So if the Yankees win, they get 100 wins. The Red Sox are right behind them right. at 98. And they're the second best team in yeah. the AL, but they get the fifth seed, which yeah. kind of <laughs> sucks. Um so we both have Boston. Not a lot to talk about there. They they didn't uh, do a lot. They lost Kimbrel for now. They could get him back. We'll see what Craig decides to do. They won a World Series. They, they did. Get... They did do that. They do have a new ring. Um, Yankees two small upgrades. Uh, my biggest. Uh, I thought their biggest signing was James Paxton. I think he's an awesome starting pitcher, and they've had some starting pitching woes. Really, since '09, they're starting to get it together now with yeah. Severino. But um, AL Central Indians, we both wrote something down here. I'll let you go first for the AL Central. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're gonna make another college comparison. Yeah. We used SEC earlier. We're gonna use the Pac-12 basketball now. Two NCAA tournament teams. Probably the AL Central is just as bad. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They're the Indians and four under 500 teams. Probably the twins might. Twins might eighty three and eighty one. Eighty three wins, <laughs> uh, but no, it's actually this team is or the this division is just not good from second team down. The White Sox they could have got better if they did acquire Machado, unfortunately did not. So they're gonna stick with their fourth in the division probably. Yeah. They do have some talent coming up. I'll talk a little bit about them from Chicago. Um, they do have some talent coming up. They have a lot of pitchers. They have one of their best pitchers is uh, just came up, but he's Tommy John. Um, I'm blanking out on his name. Kopech? Kopech, Michael Kopech, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's not going to be playing this season. They still have Jose Abreu, who first baseman has been steady for them yeah. for probably 10 years now. Um, the, it's just going to take a little bit of time. They do have people coming up. They have Eloy Jimenez, who's one of the best players, uh, one of the best prospects. He got him from the Cubs. Give him a little bit of time. And Mancata too. Mancata, they have Dylan Cease, they have Ronaldo Lopez, some pitchers. But right now, this season, especially without getting Machado, they're they're sticking down there. But the Indians, I don't really I really never know what to think about the Indians. They're they're a they're a odd team. They're yeah. definitely talented. I what yeah, I wrote I said they can rest their starters now. 
which I kind of I, I do think they're going to win this division by like 20 games. Um, yeah, it's just Terry Francona's their manager, great manager. Uh, they have talent on both sides with defense and offense um, pitching too. Decent bullpen. Uh, Kluber, Carrasco, I mean, they're going to get you places if they're pitching well enough. Um, And I haven't seen anything from them that's going to tell me otherwise. So I I don't know if they have enough to get back to the World Series like they did with the Cubs, with one of the best World Series ever. Um, Hell yeah. But they're definitely a playoff team. Uh, I couldn't tell you what they're going to do once they get there, but they're definitely a playoff team. AL West, another team. You had a sexy pick for the AL West. I love baseball. Baseball is a lot of repetitive stuff. I'm going outside the box here. Mike Trout is making the playoffs. The Angels are going to win the AL West. They're going to be better than the Astros this season. I'm buying all the hype. I think Trout is such a good player. He deserves something like this. I feel like it's going to be a storybook ending for him to make the playoffs, not even to win a World Series, but just to make the playoffs. You've heard his name in the news recently because of Bryce Harper, but I think Trout is happy in L.A. He just wants more talent with him. Otani's there. He should be healthy by the start of the season. And I I do like this Angels team. I think that with Trout, they can, they can be better than the Astros. I don't know if they will. I'm I'm really going out on a limb because I, I want to believe it, but I think they'll be like one or two games above the Astros when it comes down to it. And we're pretty much in the same boat in the AL. We have all the same winners, except our AL West is switched. So you have the Angels winning, I have the Houston or the Astros yeah, winning, but we fair. each have the other team making the playoffs in the wild card. Um, I agree with you. I think LA, and it is amazing for a second. Let's talk about the att- the attention that Trout gets. He plays in the biggest, second biggest yeah, really. market. If he wasn't wearing red, if he was wearing Dodger blue. Mike Trout would be one of the biggest sports superstars of all time. But because he plays in Anaheim and he wears a halo, they don't talk about him as much because the Angels aren't as big of a team as the Dodgers are. And that's just a fact, even though they're in L.A., Um, which is kind of upsetting because Mike Trout, nice guy and all-time talent. So I have them as a wildcard team. I think they are going to have an awesome season. I have so much confidence in Shohei Otani. Go ahead. Manager Brad Osmus too. I love him. He used to play. I I think Brad. Osmus I remember is hearing kind of his name. Bum. Come on. <laughs> I remember hearing his name all the time playing. Okay, I said that in the. One of my good friends from home is a Tigers fan, and I kept up with the Tigers just because he was, and they had so much talent when he was the manager there, and they never did anything. And at some point, you Ordonias. do you do get to blame the manager. Yeah. And you saw what Leland did with the Tigers for all those years, and he retired, and then they hire Osmus, and it was just like, what happened? Um, so that's my, my thing with Osmus. But I think the Angels have enough talent to get it done. Astros, they, in my opinion, are still – top three most talented teams in baseball, pitching, hitting, defense. They're awesome. Jose Altuve is one of my favorite players in baseball. If he, were, if he played for my team, he would be, but since Freddie Freeman plays for my team, he is. Um, it's, uh, 
It's ex- They're always fun to watch. They don't have Evan Gaddis and Brian McCann anymore, which is why I like them because those are two former Braves. Now McCann is a Brave again. But uh, they, they're fun to watch, and it was kind of cool to see them be that underdog team and beat the Dodgers, who I absolutely hate, and it kills me to pick them every year. But um, I, I don't see them giving up this division yet. The rest of that division, the uh, the Rangers aren't great again. The Mariners, Ichiro's playing, and he's like 3,000 years old. With 3,000 hits. Yeah, with 3,000 <laughs> hits. Um the A's could sneak in for the playoffs, and that's I, that's my caveat. I'm still going to pick the Astros to win the division, but I could see the A's getting in over the Angels just because they're scrappy. I, I mean, love the A's. They are. It's like a division, or it's like a double A baseball team. They're scrappy as hell. They get it the job done. I they they are fun to watch, and they play in possibly the worst stadium of all time. Yeah, <laughs> and I I actually really I followed the A's a decent amount last year. Trinan, Manaya, Magden, these are guys that are productive in the regular season pitchers. Uh, their offense has also been up there with Chris Davis. So Chris I lo- Davis is not talked about enough because he's good. That Chris Davis. Not, yeah, yeah. not strikeout Chris Davis. No. Strikeout king. <laughs> yeah. Um, Remember when he was supposed to be something? Like yeah. He had that two-year stretch and then he was terrible. Last year, I'd, I got to check something on this, but last year I saw something that he had the worst statistical season of all time. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. You're right about that. Um, but and they also, the A's have Matt Chapman, who yep. was a revela- revelation at third base for them. Um, Jonathan Lucro is their catcher. They, they have yeah. pieces. Matt Olson's a pretty good first baseman. I think th- with the Angels, I think that they're going to improve a lot and that's going to hurt the A's. Um, but... At the same time, all power to them. They kind of got screwed on Kyler Murray. They probably been should have been smarter than take the top quarterback prospect in the draft. Um, but that's past them. They got to move on. They'll have a future. And I'm not going to say that Kyler Murray wouldn't have changed their program, but you can't blame everything uh, like, a, but if they have a bad burger. season, I know it is. I know it is. It's so it's a, such an easy scapegoat. If the A's have a bad season, it's be like, well, imagine if Kyler yeah. Murray was playing. You can't play that. It's game. like, who cares? He's a football player now. Let it go. You had a bad season because he couldn't figure it out. Yeah. All right. Any final notes on the MLB? I think just the key idea that baseball is back. We've been saying this. Um, Thank God. My honestly two favorite sports: college basketball and baseball. Have I have made March my favorite month? So. I feel so bad for to. you that you're that you don't get to enjoy the falls like I do with college football because you I were just, I, raised in Illinois where college football is irrelevant. I I could have been born in Indiana with my lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. With basketball, footballs. Yeah, I love the NFL. It is amazing to talk and, about culture. It is amazing yeah. to come up here and see with a lot of kids from the East Coast, yep. Upper East Coast, not Southern East Coast, and the Midwest, and just don't have that same appreciation for football that we do in the epicenter of the SEC in Atlanta. That is all the time we have today. Doug, thank you very much. We'll be back in two weeks. Smell you, people.